This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be And now your host, TJ. I, you just lead the way. We'll talk about whatever. And away we go. On that note, away we go with the Minivan Dad Thanksgiving Week Extravaganza Part 2. As you've already heard, Hack Guy Pat is with me tonight. Hi. So could... <laughs> and it doesn't sound like we're going to have... we're gonna Conspiracy Chris is out finding conspiracies, solving a conspiracy. Somebody's out to get him. I, I don't know. There was something with Black Ops and... His neighborhood was under surveillance, and I think he's pissed off the man in some way. So I don't believe we will have Fine Tooth Combs, Conspiracy Chris, the soccer briper. I don't believe he'll be with us tonight, unless unless he's given you more details on what conspiracy and black operations he's under right now. He can't give us too much information on it right now. That's the thing. So uh, he is uh, he's alive and well, but he can't tell us where he is or what he's doing. The only things, the only bits and details I was able to gather from him is it has something to do with solving the mystery of VAR and why and why in Europe it hates Liverpool and why in the Premier League it loves Liverpool and why it hates Arsenal because everything hates Arsenal according to Chris. So he's deep into conspiracy. He's deep into conspiracy of VAR. So maybe he'll join us, but he probably will not tonight. So that said, week two or. Second show of the week. This is a new league record. And, I, you know, we talked about it when we were together last week. I talked about it with James on Monday. We're going to start with the with the badge. It is, why? Because it's the offseason for the Chicago Fire. Chicago Fire Football Club, I should say. And there isn't a whole heck of a lot to talk about. They haven't made any moves. They haven't hired a new coach. They haven't hired a technical director but they do have a new badge. They do have a new color scheme just in time for Black Friday and into Christmas. So as I said, and I still maintain, I don't think it's good. But the more it's I not, see it, yeah. but the more I it's see not. it, the, the more I'm around it, the more I don't hate it as much as I once did. Yeah, and, I, th- I think there are different groups of people here. There are the, we shouldn't have switched in the first place. I want the old badge back. I'm not necessarily one of those. Um, although our guy Alex has a petition going around and I think he's, he's over 5,000 signatures at the very least on that stating that that's what he wants to have happen. I was always for a new badge. I just don't like this one. I don't like it. And I, I, I can't, I, I'm, I like simple things. I don't mind the color scheme. I didn't need to stay with a fire department theme at all. Um, but what they came up with and I, I keep coming back to the fact that I think it's the crown that bothers me um, because not only is it not a Chicago thing, it, it, it's kind of an anti-Chicago thing. If The only people we've crowned in this city are like the Dailies, Capone, the Madigans, the people that haven't really done good things for the city. So I, I don't really like the idea that there's a crown in it, but if the crown was a Chicago star, I think I'd be okay with it. And you forgot one, Mike, one Michael Jeffrey Jordan seemed to be crowned pretty well within that city, too. Yeah, well, then you could throw in Oprah and Barack Obama and some of the people who sure. aren't 
criminals, but uh, you know, it's, um, I, it's, it's just not a good effort. And I, it's, I don't think it has anything the fact to do with that. It was a out of the city firm that came up with it. I just think to look at it, I don't enjoy it. I, I don't look at that. Like I, I look at the Timbers logo or the forward Madison logo or any number of them. I, I like the, the David Beckham logo down in, in, in Miami, any number of them. I look at them and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, the the new U.S. soccer logo is fantastic to me, and I know that there were some people that were against it, but for, compared to the old one, you know, it, it's as as Michael Davies said, it is a little Berlin 1936. But I love the new U.S. soccer logo. I, I I love its simplicity. I just think that this one missed the mark completely, and it's not that it's not the Florian Cross, and it's not that it's not a Chicago thing, and it's not that it's different colors. It just isn't good, and I, I'm a, I'm a person. I've tried to like it. I've tried to enjoy it. Now I also think I did break on Twitter that uh, Sparky was staying around. I think I believe you were because you, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you were the first one I saw that had a photo of that. And we're sadly enough, we are both following enough of the CF97 hashtag that we do keep up with that pretty well. Now you don't think it's a good logo in general, and. I, I I don't agree. I don't disagree. I, it's grown on me. If it was me. FC Dallas's logo, or if it was not a team that I care about, I would say it's not a good logo. Okay. That's, and, and that's the deal for me. It's just not an interesting or good symbol for a team. You know, and, and that's and that's a fair and that's fair. Now, you you did reference the US the rebranding of US soccer and their logo. And you know, and I'm gonna the problem with me for me with that logo was the uniform set that they delivered with it was absolute crap. And I feel yes. that, and I feel that will be uh, for me, a real make or break point. Some of the merchandise I've already seen, I haven't hated it. When you see it with the colors on, on I it, agree with you on that. I, I actually, I, in the hype videos and everything else they've come up with is pretty cool. The, in the videos where they're at the deli or wherever they are, um, you know, I, the one where Sarah Gordon's wearing it, I'm like, mm-hmm. that looks pretty cool. On, on a shirt. So it's, I think I'm enjoying the colors there, but when I see the, the, the badge straight up, I just, I've tried to let it grow on me and it has not. And, the, and, and again, we, we've talked about it and I, in, in that sense, and, and that's fair. It, however, you kind of touched on it a little bit and James touched on this on Monday as well is the, the Orient, the previous badge. Right. Was based around the fire department, around a fire department. Which is interesting considering it's kind of the antithesis of the fire, right? We're we're naming the team after the fire that destroyed the city in 1871 that, as the story goes, the, the burning down allowed us to rebuild bigger and better and stronger, which is why on the Chicago flag, one of the four stars... I believe the other three are Fort Dearborn and the two World's Fairs, but one, the other one, the second one, is for the fire in 1871. So, but then to have fire department branding, always kind of said, well, we're named after the fire, but our our branding is is about putting out the fire. So, um, in in that regard, the explanation of the the fire and its rebirth in that crown thing in the center of the badge is actually, I, it makes more sense in that regard, I guess. 
it's just ugly. Okay. That's kind of it. Yeah, and, and, like- and it's no, and I, I've seen two ideas floated on Twitter and that I think will help exponentially. The first was I, I don't know who to who to credit for it, but I know Peter Wiltz had it out there. Basically take the same yellow and red scheme instead of leaving it as a crown, formatting yes. it as the city flag. It's, as the city stars. Better. Yeah, it's, it's a, a little bit better. better. I've seen that. Yeah, it's it's if you haven't seen it, go to Peter Wilt's Twitter. He should still have it as his uh, as his avatar, as his his photo on his Twitter, and um, that one's okay. His is has had, as I remember it, stumbling all over myself here. His has a little bit different of a color scheme. There's another one I've seen out there where it was just kind of tweaked with the same color scheme. Uh, it's got an 1871 thrown in and a Chicago star. And I thought that one was good as well. I've seen the one good thing that's come of all this is all the fans that have like contributed. Here's my idea or here's my idea. A lot of them have been really cool. And a lot of them are probably not a, uh, not different enough for the fires, new owner, Joe Mansueto, because I do remember one of the problems that he had was that, the team was getting mistaken for firefighters in public. And, and when, you know, Namaja Nikolic is being asked by some old or thanked by some old lady for his service to the fire department. I think that kind of bothered him. I believe on one or two of the introductory interviews or podcasts he gave after he bought the controlling stake, um, he talked about that. So I think that it's probably his idea to go way away from that. And, and and that's not wrong. And I will be also be one to attest. I was wearing a red fire jacket that I had received as a gift, and I was a, I was asked about it, and I was like, Sir, "Wow, really?" And so I'm not. That makes sense to get to blow that up, especially when you start factoring in the the TV show issue with Chicago Fire and the Dick Wolf production. It's good to get away from that. Um, so I don't think. So I, I understand that. And then the other the other idea, kind of to bring this back on on the topic to somewhat, was from our from James Black, who was on the on the show with me on Monday. Instead of having a five pointed star above the to recognize the championship, what about the ability to put the city fl- the city star above the crest for to recognize the championship? Which would be a cool idea, and you would just need to make sure that fans are actually able to buy that, not only on the authentic but on the replica as well. Um, but yeah, that would be a, that would be a cool idea. I think if MLS would go along with that, that would be a huge, I think that'd be a huge peace offering to, and you don't have to change anything. That's a great idea. You don't, it's, it's the same logo. It's the same new color scheme that, that we're all getting used to, whether you love it or don't. But, um, but adding that is just a nice touch. And it seems like a, a simple idea. I'm sure they've already started producing, jerseys in asia or wherever they're being made this time around um nothing's leaked yet but um there's 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 the one that looks like it it was done on photoshop Uh, there is like there is one out there that they've shown because it's and i've had i had it on my my twitter feed and i don't know if i recall if i put it on the minivan dad one i will make sure to re retweet it if nothing else there is one out there it's kind of a blurry picture but it is out there it's a navy jersey with yellow and red and not the one, not the one with the Motorola on it yet. I don't think. Right, and then the other one, right. but it had the other half with the white, with the the crest in navy. So there was the it had the navy jersey and the white jersey. So, and everybody's like, just undo it, just undo it. That's not going to happen. And I'm going to give you, 
based on the information, and I mentioned this with James, but I'm going to mention it again because I still think it's relevant to be had, is from everything I've heard, Don Garber has pushed Adidas to blow up doing the red, the red jerseys for a second year, and is pushing these Navy ones out. Like, he called in some favors with Adidas, is what the rumor is, that the league did. And if they've done that, they're not undoing this, and they won't do undo it no. for at least two years. And then I think I and I think at that point you'll see some revisions, but I don't think I don't think it'll go away. I think you'll see some tweaking of it, but I I think this is the future with it. And the and as James and I talked about the other day, and you and I have talked about, and Chris have talked about. You want to get rid of the stink of this logo being bad or anything? Win. And that's, that's always been the biggest thing. Yep. <laughs> People, yep, even people, even more than anything, even more than location, even more than star players being signed, even more than anything. Uh, when the team wins, people go watch them. And that's and that's true with any team in the city. I mean, in in this area, the Cubs tickets weren't hard, weren't that difficult to come by when they weren't winning. Now they're impossible to get because they win. Blackhawks tickets, heck, I mean, before when you had Old Man Wurtz there, they were drawing eight nine thousand a night. Yep. Yep. In a twenty thousand seat stadium. You could, nobody cared. They were bad. And then the old man died. They put the kit, the games on TV. And at the same time, they had two young players in Taves and Kane. And oh yeah, and Duncan Keith. I mean, it was perfectly timed to go on the run they did. But well, all things kind of fell into place. But win some games. I'm going to give an, and I, I tried to get this in last week with you guys. And then you started talking about Duck and... Needing to get, yeah. I think we need 10K and unmarked bills, and so I on also and so forth. didn't say who I wanted to to coach the team. I no, we'll, we'll come back to that. But okay. you've teased it again, uh, and we'll, we'll get to that. Second week, yeah. But I want to wrap up the logo thing here. And the one I'm going to use, it, it's a far fetched example to have this kind of success because I don't see it happening. Is the New England Patriots? New England Patriots used to have a great uniform set with Pat Patriot and the hiking the football yeah. and so on and so forth, and then they switched to the flying Elvis. And I, at the time they switched to the flying, flying Elvis. John Kerry. I think it's a John Kerry to me. Okay, well, fine. We'll call it a flying John Kerry. Call it whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But then they had those blue jerseys, the blue piping with the blue stripes built in, but they had Parcells and Bledsoe. They went to the Super Bowl. Parcells oh. leaves, they get and they go on this run with Belichick and Brady, but they've always had that flying logo flying Elvis logo. That logo is terrible. But it's kind of like they got rid of Pat Patriot and they started winning. So you kind of associate, and I think that's what Mansueto is going sure. for. And if it doesn't, then you're stuck with Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Cleveland Browns, which have crap uniforms and crap rebrands. So, I mean, any number of things. If you want another example, I'll give one more easy example, another sport. But look at the Bucks. They changed uniforms. Oh, by the way, it's the same design company that designed the Bucks' current uniforms. They went out, They got good again. Now having Giannis doesn't hurt, but it, it's – you start seeing it, you start associating with it. If you want a bad, another bad example, like I said, you got Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Cleveland Browns. Look at the Brewers when they went to the blue and green when they <laughs> logo. They went, they were terrible. The team was terrible, so everybody associated with terrible. So it can work, but you got to win. And I feel yeah. like, and I feel like in all the moves they've made, they're blowing the whole thing up and starting over with a whole lot of things. And I honestly don't have a ton of faith that with Nelson in charge, they are going to win. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope they do. And it, but and, the, and what it really comes down to is, is Nelson going to be the business side or the soccer side? If Nelson's the soccer side, as he has been, I agree 100%. But 
James and I and James and I touched on this a little bit, and just kind of for those who didn't ca- listen to that, they should go back and listen to it because there's some great stuff in there. Nelson knows if you're looking for Nelson as just a business guy and a cap guy, he's as good as it gets. He knows how to play the rules of Tam Gam and all the Garber Bucks because he helped write him when he was at the league office. He knows how to play those. He just doesn't know how to find players that are good. And whether that and we're gonna whether it was Panovich was making those choices or whether it was Nelson, they weren't getting enough bang for their buck with what they were getting. So if they bring in a technical director, which is rumored, who knows a thing or two about actually evaluating talent, yeah, I think it I think there's the I see the gla- we always ask half empty or half full. I see half full on that. But if you have Nelson making the soccer decision, nah. I don't trust again. I don't trust him any further than I can throw him. So speaking of bringing in a new manager, nice, uh, nice segue, dynamite segue. Last week, uh, I suggested, I alluded to the fact that the star of the new Netflix show Maradona in Mexico, Diego Maradona, was available, but he is no longer available. He went back to the club in Argentina that he's currently at. But could you imagine? And I know it would be a disaster. Uh, I'm like two or three episodes into the um, the Netflix show, and I know how it would go in Chicago, probably worse. And I can't even remember if he's allowed in it in the United States anymore. But um, that's a valid question. He he's nuts. He's a lunatic. But it would be so entertaining. It would be like like if you think of the like the Jill Ellis experiment as something that is kind of crazy in a way, but might end up working. The Maradona experiment would be crazy and you know, would, would uh, fail in the end, sort of like Jose Mourinho at Spurs, but um, it would be entertaining along the way. Could you just, could you just picture that recliner on the (laughs) sideline of soldier field? That's what I'm talking about. Like, like make it a throne. We're going to have crowns, make it a throne. Now that's how you work a crown in. If you hire Maradona as your manager. That's that's true. That would be so entertaining. So entertaining. So that's and that's true. Do and you talked about coaches. You talked about. You kind of alluded to the national, well, the women's national team with Jill Ellis. I'm going to segue to this, or do, do you want to segue to the the coaching chain changes you know what? in the world? I am not the minivan dad, so you segue wherever you want, and we'll talk about it. Or do we want to keep on the talk about the fire and the fact of the players that were that have been. Of their goalkeepers, well, we'll touch on this real quick because they they had four goalkeepers on their rot in, in their midst last year, and two of which are now gone. Stephen Cleveland was traded to Seattle, I believe they right. got they got a first round. They traded Cleveland in a second round pick for a first round pick, so that'll be interesting to what they flip it for. And then Richard Sanchez was chosen by Sporting Kansas City in the first round of the reentry draft. Right, right. Which is I, I find that fascinating because. So we're left with Osted and Kronholm. Is that correct? No, Osted is out of contract. Um, oh, yes. Okay. Osted was another one they did. They chose not to to extend. It was the 16 year old out of their academy is still around. Oh, right, get, right, right. Yeah. And I, I apologize that I don't know his name. I could look it up, but I'm not going to at this point. So, and then, of course, in true Chicago Fire CF97 hashtag tradition, everybody that leaves had to have been better than what we thought they were, or we, or the fire as a team didn't utilize them properly. I don't think so in this case, though. Cleveland, maybe. He's still young. 
Like he was one of the uh, one of the best players in one of the, I think he was keeper of the year or close to it for USL one. That's USL one. So I mean, all the best to him. So, but anyway, I'm sad about Dax. It's the only real departure that I'm sad about. Yeah, I mean, not not about Basti retiring. That felt inevitable. Like that felt like it was maybe time for that. And and I I you know I love that he was here. Sure. But, uh, sure. But Dax like. You know, if you if you're gonna keep somebody just for like a heart and soul type thing, it would be that guy. Um, but good luck to him in Nashville. You know, he's going to a cool city and we're talking about a terrible logo. That's a terrible logo. That's worse. It is. It it, it is. Um, I feel like they tried to do Juventus, but poorly. And I'm not a fan. Juventus in any way, shape, logo, way, shape, or form. I'm even less a fan of the team because, well, they they employ a race, the rapist. Yeah, so every week there should be like a stinger on this podcast where you call him the rapist. I, I feel like I do every. I I feel like I don't miss it any anymore of calling Ronaldo a rapist because Ronaldo is a rapist. You so, should get uh, uh, Saturday Night Live celebrity Jeopardy Sean Connery the rapist. <laughs> now that now we're on now we're on to a good idea there. So, but anyway, it, you know, but it's interesting. Dax leaving for Nashville. Dax isn't sad about, and he actually praised the the club, the Chicago Fire Football Club, because it's not the soccer club anymore, for how they handled it. They respected his wishes and helped him go to where he wanted to go. Yeah. So, for all the bad things that the fire may do or may have done. I felt they got that one right. I feel like they felt, the other thing they did right this week, and we're seeing now I'm going off on a tangent, is they changed the ticket prices for the, for the supporters group this week. Apparently, I when not see this. Apparently, whatever they were paying in Section 8 last year was going to go up for this year. The, the issue was every one of the ticket guys that were working with the Section 8 people, people who had season tickets said your tickets will not go up moving to Soldier Field, and some of them did. Ooh. So, took a few days, but they have rectified the situation, and it, so they are honoring last season's ticket <clears throat> prices for those that had their tickets go up, which I thought, hey, better late than never. You solve the problem. You do what, you, do, you, you made right on what you said you were going to do. That's so, the thing that you can't, yeah, you, you have to, you have to grin and bear that and fix it and make it right for your, your paying customers there. It's, yes. I did notice that the, uh, I, I don't know what full price parking is going to be, but I did notice the reduced parking price. If you buy season tickets, you get parking for only $30 a match. Seriously. It's a steal. It's yeah. a steal. Steal, are you referencing the park district stealing from you or? Yes, yes. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not pleasant. And for, like I said, and we've talked about this, for somebody like me out in the suburbs, and for you, it's in the sun. If I'm going to games, I'm likely going to be taking the train in. Which on a yeah, weekend? I, I will likely um, probably just uh, pay with an app or something and park near the stadium and walk over. And sure. not, you know, walk across Lakeshore Drive in some capacity and save a fair amount of money that way. Or Yeah. Anywhere to me within, I hate to say it, a mile of the stadium. Because there is, for those who have never been to Soldier Field, there isn't anything around it in the sense of bars and everything like immediate right across the street from it's the weird because your sense if you look if you've never been to chicago but you're looking at it on tv your your sense is that 
it's right there. The buildings are right there, but it's almost on an island that's sort of like segmented off by Lakeshore Drive. And there's stuff over at like Roosevelt. Yeah. And South Michigan Avenue. Like there's there's some places there that but that's a that's still a hall. It's a half mile what almost a mile away? Yeah, close to it, yeah. I think I think is so, it I think if you're walking from the train station it's a if you're not taking the south the electric line, if you're just taking it straight from Ogilvy or Union Station, I want to say it's a mile or mile and it's a mile and a half to the park. Yeah. Which on a summer day which on a summer right. date you could care less about. Yeah, you just walk straight down Jackson to till you run into the bean, but then you still got a ways to go to get to Soldier Field from there. Correct. It, it's it looks close, but it's not. So um this idea that they're I mean, yes, they're moving downtown and yes, they're more accessible by public transit than they were, because it, it was if you live in the north side of the city, it was like like the public transit Olympics to get out to Bridgeview. But um, it's still not like Wrigley Field where you take the red line and jump off and you're magically there. It's no, still it, and, it, and it's funny is I, I did live through the public transit Olympics this weekend and I took two of my kids to the Gopher Northwestern game up in Evanston. And for us to get there from from the suburbs where we are, it was a metro in, get on get on the pink line from there, right. to the red line, from the red line to the purple line, the purple line up to Evanston. So it was three met three L's, and a metro. And I the game started at eleven. Our first train was eight oh four, and we got in. The, I think we walked into our seats out of out of the in, out of the tunnel about ten thirty or ten forty. And going home, just as bad. It was after 5.30 before I got home. Now, part of it's Saturday. It's reduced transportation. But fire games on Saturdays aren't going to be any different. The no. trains run. They run every two hours. And it is a it is a hassle. I get it. I understand it fully. I like Bridgeview because I didn't have to worry about that part of it. But I, I, I do understand it. I do see it. But you're still going to run into that same problem down at Soldier Field. It's just going to you for people on the north side. It won't be three. It probably won't be three trains like it was, you know, so on and, and so forth. And a bus, and, and, yeah, and a exactly. bus, yeah. Right. Yeah, it, it's um, it, they just need to reverse the pub to pitch now. They need to have it's instead of just locations like on the north side, they throw a few pub to pitches out in the suburbs. You know, and, and it, it's one of those things you can you can do it. I I believe. Isn't there a? Sh- I want to say there's a shuttle that runs to Wrigley that leaves from Yorktown. Yes, there is. Yep. Why can't you do that for Soldier Field for fire games? Just have to make sure the demand is there. But yeah, it if it, it would be a if, considering that most of the pace bus I, pace buses I see have no one on them. I'm sure mm-hmm. there'd be a few more people on it than than normal. So sure. Yeah. Or and like you said, a pub to pitch. I mean, find. Hopefully Naperville can find somewhere, you know, Wheaton, Glen Ellen can find some, some of these suburbs like that we're in Bolingbrook can find a shuttle that a, a, a company of a, a bar that people go to before the game and they shuttle them in and out. I also, I don't think they figured this out, but I also hope that they do us open cup games somewhere other than soldier field, whether it's back in Bridgeview or it's in Naperville or wherever. Um, I hope they kind of take those on tour around the city and suburbs. I think that'd be a cool idea. Which they which they used to do. I, I, right. I was looking I was looking back at it when I think this is 
I believe when they're at North Central though, it's where they would take it on tour. They played one what down in Peoria. They did another one at Wheaton College. I mean, they've gone on tour with the Open Cup, and I think ideally, I put it back, hopefully back in Bridgeview. That would be because it's a smaller stadium that's empty anyway. I can't see why it would be a, and you, you don't, you aren't beholden to forcing it in Bridgeview because that's what your lease says you have to do. So, yeah, I think, yeah, it'd be, it, it's a good idea. So it's a lot of fire talk here on the minivan dad soccer pod. It really is. And, but you know what? We're Chicago guys and our Milwaukee chapter is somewhere on a black op trying to figure out VAR. So we talked a bit about that and we rambled around a little bit. So let's transition over. We, we did talk about coaching and one Diego Maradona, another one, but there is one who is no longer available. In one Jurgen Klinsmann. Oh, yes. I'm excited for this. Jurgen Klinsmann is the new manager at Hertha Berlin. I wish him nothing but success. Nothing but the best. I hope he keeps them up. I hope he does well. I hope it doesn't crash and burn. I have to say, I, I, as, I felt like it was time to fire him when we fired him. But I also have a generally positive feeling toward Jurgen uh, for his time here and, and what he did for us, and, and I hope he does well. I hope it is not a Bayern situation for him. You know, and it's interesting. I mentioned this to you and Pat, or you and Chris earlier. He's going to Hertha. If you had at the beginning of the season to peg a Berlin team to be in the drop zone, wouldn't have been them. No, but they're currently sitting in 15th, five points behind Union. Yeah. I would not have pegged that to happen. And But yet, here we are, and they make a managerial change, and now you have, you're going to run in it. And it's inter- it'll be interesting. Um, would you put it on the level, is Jürgen in Germany the same level of interest as Jose de Spurs? Uh, I don't know that it's that extreme but um i also know that as an english-speaking nation where the premier league is is kind of king here i view it through like a premier league lens but i mean yeah i I think i think it's very interesting for both german fans and uh u.s national team fans it's going to be very interesting to see what he's able to do but jose is like a whole other level of crazy that comes with it. So uh, I don't know that it's quite as big as Jose. So far, he's what? He's a win and a draw so far? Yeah. They, he, they turned around the Champions League game and ended up winning. And then there was the. Or the wi- yeah, win and a draw, or are they two wins? No, they won over the week. They beat West Ham, too. It's two wins. Two wins. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and they won thanks to a ball boy. So, yeah, we'll. He's we'll, the we'll special one. He is a special one, and I, I I do look forward to Jose at Spurs because it will be nothing eventually but crash and burn in flames. And not having a dog in the fight in the Premier League, I'm just here to watch it burn. I don't care where he goes. I, I will watch whatever team he manages. And I don't think he's done. I think when he's done at Spurs um, in a couple of years, he'll find somewhere else to go. I mean, somebody will hire him still. He is as – I think maybe he's not what he once was, but he is as – I think it was Doug Plank that coined the phrase about Mike Ditka from the 85 Bears, a chemo coach. Like he's like pumping, he's like 
chemotherapy going into a team. Like it, there's an immediate positive effect, but in the end, if there's too much of it, it will poison you and kill you. So, um, <laughs> it, it's you can only have. That's why the the there's the you know the first year growth, the second year title, and the third year crash and burn that we've seen. We didn't see it at United, really. We didn't see a Premier League title there, but uh, that's kind of how it's been everywhere for him is that, you know, there's there's like positives, success, and then he wears out his welcome and there's, there's long-term failure or at least some sort of setback. So Real Madrid's fine. They're not, they're not you know, they've been fine since he left, but Chelsea hasn't quite been the same since the two stints. <clears throat> they did win a Champions League between the two stints, but... Well, <laughs> is there a coach... In And I think we asked this the other night, and you can think of in on another sport that would relate to Jose. I The name I come to... Is, there's two names I've, I've kind of thought of here that are different. They're from different sports. And the first one is Joe Quinville. And the other is Phil Jackson. Uh, Phil Jackson didn't go to as many teams as Jose. That's why I don't think he quite applies. But if you give him a, a team, if you give Jose a team ready to win, he's going to take care of that. But yeah, I feel like I, Quinville, I feel like Quinville in the sense of, he makes your team really good for a while and then crashes and burns, and he's been everywhere. Yeah, but in the sense, in, in both of those cases, Phil was with the Bulls for nine or ten years and then with the Lakers for as long. And if you don't count his time as executive with the Knicks, it wasn't that he wore out his welcome. It's that the players got old and were basically done. And in Quinville was here for what? 10 years almost. And it was, it, he, it was failing at the end, but I think that was more due to the Blackhawks giving out like some longer term contracts. Like I think Marion host is still getting paid. Um, it, it's and less due to like, uh, like a crash and burn type. Like the, the players weren't happy to see Phil go or weren't happy to see Joel Quinville go. But when Jose leaves Spurs, the players will be happy to see him go. I'm fairly certain. All right. I, I but like I, said, I I've been trying to rack my head as to who do you is there anybody who you could equate to who gets who like I said, you compared to the chemo and Ditka only won one Super Bowl so you can't use Ditka as, as a compare as a comparison but just somebody who comes in if you're ready he's going to win titles with you and he's going to leave you in hell. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if there's an exact comparison, but that's kind of what it is. And I just, I, I still don't think they're going to, and this may be the Arsenal fan in me just laughing at Spurs, but I don't think they're going to win anything, but I'm also a little bit afraid that they will. But if I'm looking objective, I'm trying to be objective here. I take Pochettino in a heartbeat over Jose Mourinho. I think he's a far superior manager. So, well, and we'll, we'll, a little bit of Arsenal therapy, uh, although we don't have our conspiracy one here. We'll, I'll give you a few minutes of Arsenal therapy. You still have Unai Emery. For you some snuck, reason. You snuck out a hard... 
I guess better, probably better phrasing would be, you're lucky to get a draw with Southampton. Yeah, that was two dropped points. That wasn't a lucky to get a draw. That was, first and foremost, that was two dropped points against a team that we should have beaten at home. But you didn't. No, because we don't get shots. The, the, and... the, if you look at the trajectory of, of how things have gone over the last 20 years of Arsenal, there's, there's a tweet that, that uh, there's a graphic that somebody made that's been going around, and I can't give credit to it because I can't remember who did it, but I've seen it in a number of places. We're in like far, we are far, far in the negative now in, in shots. We are being outshot at a crazy level since Unai Emery took over. There is a huge disconnect in the way this team is run now where we've got these two absolute class forwards. I'm not counting Pepe yet, but maybe Pepe's only problem is Unai Emery. But in, in Lacazette and Aubameyang, and Aubameyang is still man, like Aubameyang won the golden boot last year despite playing for Unai Emery. Uh, we are not getting shots. We're being outshot all the time. And it's, it's a combination of, of us not producing and of the defense just being a sieve. And it's getting worse, not better. And when you, I, I'd be willing to suffer for a while if, 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 if I felt that there was going to be some better, we were going to come out better. There's going to be some positive in the end. Well, I, I don't think anybody sees that anymore with Unai, and it's, it's definitely time to go. It's 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 not a matter of waiting any longer. We're going to miss the Champions League. The only chance we have at making Champions League is uh, trying to inject a new coach into this and seeing what happens, and I, I don't see why they haven't done it yet unless there's some particular guy, Allegri or whoever they're talking to. Now the rumor is the, the dude who coaches Wolves um, who I think would be a decent choice, actually, but oh, for the beard, for there? the beard alone, for oh, that beard sexy alone, beard, it is, it is, it really is. Um, and by the way, I'm going to step on you here real quick. And I'm sorry, you get a 96th minute goal, goal to draw against Southampton. You stole a point. You didn't yeah. drop two. You stole one. No, 96 minute goal is you stole yes, a point. If you're talking about the last five minutes of the game. You're stealing a point back. If you're talking about what should have happened before that game even occurred. Hey, just, because, hey, just because Southampton dropped, what, was it City dropped nine on them? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Going it's into the game, you had confidence, you but did you really have a ton of confidence with Unai Emery? Arsenal have not won a Premier League game in more than 50 days. <laughs> and yet he still has a job. That's unacceptable. At if I was that bad club. at my job, I'm pretty sure I would be fired. I'm pretty sure if you were that bad at your job, you'd yeah. be... A homeless guy in the street because your wife would throw you out. So there's that. Um, so you think they're talking to someone? I mean, what what's your gut instinct telling you? I'll, I'll give you that, and then we're going to uh, probably wrap up the soccer part. I don't know. I hope so. I, I, I think with Arsenal, yes, they're talking to people because it's always like these – the way things run now, there's these intermediaries and back channels and all this sort of thing. So I think that they've – yes – I think people have made themselves known to Arsenal. And I know they talked to Jose because he said they did. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Would you have liked Jose at this point? I guess I'm guess I, i pretty sure you'd, you'd almost take probably Velko Panovic over Unai Emery at this point. I, I would not have liked Jose, but I would have gambled on him. 
would you have liked him more than what you have right now? In the end, they probably would have won more. So yes, I, I, okay. I still dislike him, extremely dislike him as a person, but um, I, I don't think they would be as bad as they are now. All right. Fair enough. Okay. So, and at this point we will end our arsenal therapy session for the week. Sorry to conspiracy Chris that you couldn't join us to get your arsenal tears in this week. I'm sure we'll be back next week to have that. So I'm sure we could talk about soccer. We could talk about whatever we wanted to talk about between now and then, but I really don't want to. Um, it's, I guess, I guess now the term is blackout Wednesday which I suppose it's always been. I'd never heard that term until this year, which shows you how out of the loop I am. Is oh, that a yeah. term you'd heard? Yeah, I, I heard this in college, yeah. Okay, I'm, I always knew you went out the Wednesday the night before and you got drunk. I just had never heard the term. I guess that's kind of oh, where... Maybe. I don't know if I've heard the term either, but I, I, I knew, I know this is the drunkest day of the year or whatever. One of them. I, I would assume probably, probably Fat Tuesday ranks up there, St. Patrick's Day ranks up there, Cinco de Mayo ranks up there. The one thing I will say with Americans, for those that aren't in our American audience, if there's an excuse to drink, Americans will adopt it and, and overdo it to a, a level that's... Anyway, so i got Thanksgiving coming up. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about just some random things with Thanksgiving that um, I guess we'll start with one of the favorite things you'll see, questions you'll see posted periodically is, what is... And a, t- and a Thanksgiving meal, what is the best thing when you go to your, when you go to your families for Thanksgiving or if they're coming to you? Are you going to or people coming to you? Uh, we go to uh, my parents' house. Okay. I'm going to my in-laws. So, um, so I guess the question is, what's the best thing you guys have on the menu there? And what's the one thing you need to get rid of? My favorite thing is the green bean casserole. Okay. Um. It may not be the best thing, but it's my favorite thing. And I don't know that there – the only thing that maybe we, we need to get rid of, and it's just kind of there because it, it it's a staple, is the can of cranberry sauce. Sure. Tipped out into the you know the serving plate, sliced into slices. It's, I usually don't go for that anymore, but it's just kind of there just because it's a Thanksgiving thing. Is it kind of almost like having um... – I don't know, like gar- you know, garnishes on you know dinner plates at a restaurant or whatever. I feel like the cranberry slices have become that. Nobody actually eats them, but the, you have to have them there because it look it makes the oh more yeah colorful. like parsley on your Denny's yes grand slam yeah yes it is stupid like what is the point of that like that's that seems like just a waste but um but yeah no one no one really eats it and I used to eat it as a kid I just I don't. I'm very, uh, uh, what's the right word? Conservative when it comes to eating sugar. Like if I'm eating something with sugar in it, I make sure it counts. Okay. It's like if I'm going to waste the calories and the sugar, dump that into my body, make myself not feel good later, Mm -hmm. it had better be good going in. And that is not good enough to justify me eating it. All right, that and and that's a that's a fair enough argument. And yeah, I believe my in-laws, I believe they have the cranberries there. And yeah, they could go away anytime soon. <laughs> Is there anything else in a Thanksgiving meal that you think just yeah? I, I don't know why it's it's there. No, the rest of it. My my mom's a very good cook, so the rest of it I'm, I'm well, yeah, definitely excited about overeating tomorrow. But um, but uh, yeah, that's the one thing I probably don't like. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna do two or three. 
portions of the green bean casserole with the extra um, crispy French fried onions on top mm-hmm. that are terrible for you. Yeah, it's going to be no, good. And we, we do have a variation thereof, and I agree, it is usually very good. Um, I know Katie tomorrow is making a – it's it's baked Brussels sprouts, and it's with um, olive oil and garlic. Um I believe the recipe also calls for salt and pepper, but she didn't use them when she did them the other night. And I'm looking forward to that, too, because that's always a good thing. Brussels sprouts are my favorite vegetable, and I eat them at least once a week. Yeah, they, that, this is oven baked, half hour in the oven, and they they come out phenomenal. Yeah, that's, they're like, absolutely they're they're crispy. amazing. Yeah, yes. I do it that way sometimes. I have three or four go-to recipes for the Brussels sprouts. That is one of them, and I like them that way. And, okay. And this... you, know what, I, you know where I got that recipe? I got that recipe from the Barefoot Contessa. Okay. And she's like, ooh, I, ooh. What's, it, what's the husband's name? You ever watch her? She's always like, ooh, Philip's going to love. I'm going to say Philip. It's probably not Philip. But Philip's going to love these. Never been a fan of the barefoot. I never really got into the yeah, barefoot. Philip, I, I'm going to give these these Brussels sprouts a little shake on the tray, just like I'm going to give Philip a little hand job later. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I was. You watch her. She, you, you, you watch her and you go, did she? What? And she doesn't actually say that type of thing, but it feels like it's that's imp- what she's saying. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it feels like that's what she's talking about. You know, you know, it, and it's, it's funny. Implied, that, for it, sure. it, 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 I'm sure, I'm sure it is. I, I just feel like the cooking channel, the Food Network or whatever, the cooking channels as a whole. They, I feel like they peaked already, and they're not. What oh, they it is more than peaked. It's all Guy Fieri now. Yeah. It, well, who is the racist? The the Paula one Dean. that every yeah. Paula Dean and every yeah, recipe the, gave you diabetes. You you got diabetes just from oh, watching. Oh yeah, let me let me make you an Oreo cookie butter steak, y'all. This is gonna <laughs> be so good. And we're gonna start with three tons of lard. I'm gonna talk to y'all about slavery. <laughs> like yeah, that that woman. I feel like when Emeril Lagasse stopped doing the Cooking Channel or Food Network or whatever, I felt like that was when it started to go downhill. He didn't get me too, did he? Was no, no, he just. I think Batali did. Yeah, he got me too. But there is Trisha Yearwood out there who's, I think, kind of replaced Paula Dean in terms of like, uh, foods you're going to get diabetes. My wife has 75 episodes of her cooking show, DVR'd, and it's kind of her. If there is nothing else to watch, she will bust out one of those. You know, Garth will come in and pinch your ass and then eat whatever kind of hoagie she's making or cookies or whatever. Yeah, it's that. That's I. I would eat her stuff. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Well, I, I like her cooking, at least the look of it, more than Paula Dean. Giada. Giada De Laurentiis. That is, yeah, a giant head and giant boobs. That's all that is right there. And a coke problem. Does she have a coke problem? I don't know if she did, but uh, man, it always looked like she was doing bumps on the side. Like, cause that level of energy and it was, it was beyond. Yeah. I, I was still, the first time I watched it, I remember walking in going, I'm like, is she strung up on Coke just to be that wired? I don't know. She's all right. I'm not big into Italian, big into Italian food, but she's and then all right. Ha- then Rachel I Ray, like the... And then you have Rachel Ray, who I'm pretty sure is chain smoking when she's not. Yeah, on Coke. No, thanks. I don't need hot dogs on my nachos or whatever she's got to offer. <laughs> uh, so I saw this on Twitter today, and I thought this is another interesting conversation. You go to your parents, 
Is there is there a lot of alcohol consumed? No, no. not really. No? no. Is that because there's just not a lack of people who drink, or we just don't really do it? Some people have okay. one. It's not a big. We don't really drink at our. It's now on my wife's side. It's different. Okay. But on on our side, it's, there's not a lot of. It's sort of like me with this show. I've got my Lacroix. Yeah. I don't really drink at home. I have a beer when I go out. That's about it. It's kind of depressing. I mean, to be honest with you, you know, I saw. And how many people do you see? Again, everybody on Twitter. I've been at my parents for a couple of hours, and I need a. I need to drink. No, I, I generally get along with everybody. Well, I, I thought more the point was, where I was going with this was I saw a response, and I forget who posted it, so I apologize for that. But it, as we typically do, we, we see these great responses. We never remember any of them. How many families walk in that you have to wait two hours to get a drink when you walk in? Walking into my parents or my in-laws, they're, I'm offered a drink the second I get in the door. Yeah, it's like they much, almost they understand yeah. it. Right. You could pretty much do that if you want. Yeah. That you have to wait. Oh, my. I've been here two hours. Now I need a drink. It's like, man, if I'm going to my parents or my. Yeah, I know where the booze is when I get there. And Lord knows if I need it, I'm going to get it. Depending on the mood I really want to be in for that. So. And then Giffy today. Good old um, Grant Wall talking about how the Champions League on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is the you know better than the Detroit Lions. Everything's better than the Detroit Lions. I will watch Arsenal on track Frankfurt tomorrow, and it will be better than the Detroit Lions. Well, and I responded, and it took me like a minute to, when I saw it to reply to him, and it was like, I learned that Europa League on, on Thanksgiving Day is better than the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I look forward to, because last year they didn't have it, and, and it felt like something was missing to not have Europa League on Thanksgiving Day. And it's because I go to, when, when I go to my in-laws, they're not a soccer family by nature. But I will tell you, before the before if the Bears aren't playing, we'll watch the Europa League or the Packers. If there's, we'll watch the Europa League until there's no more until the games are done. And they ask a ton of questions. They don't know a darn thing, but they're entertained by watching soccer the entire day versus watching the Lions in the NFL. So, yeah, I you know having to explain the Europa League of all things to a person who doesn't understand is probably more than I feel like getting into tomorrow. Well, it's the second tier European competition that you have to qualify for by finishing it. I, I, number it's more, five in your, I spend more explain time. Explaining soccer. I, I spend time explaining soccer, not necessarily the team. It's because the first year I did it, I want to say one of the, t- it was um, the team in Cyprus. That was, that's been good. It was good for a few years. And you're, it's like, you're watching a team from Cyprus against a team from Germany. And being able to explain that, and then it was explaining soccer to them because they weren't really, yeah. they aren't, they, it's not a family that played a ton of soccer. They played house league and that was about it. But to be able to sit there and have them interested in watching the Europa League to the point where I think it was the Lions and the Patriots were playing that year. Nobody cared about going over to that game. It was like, no, this is, this is great. Leave it on. But now it's all on Bleacher Report because I don't think um, TNT puts Europa League games on. So there's that. You know so, what I'm excited to see tomorrow in the Europa League? Uh, not Arsenal on the field, because that'll just hurt my soul. But um, with the current state of things, I don't expect there to be a full house, at least as far as Arsenal fans go, 
on a Thursday night. Uh, they are playing Eintracht Frankfurt, which will definitely bring far more fans than they have allotted tickets for the uh, away supporter section. And they will be loud and they will be crazy. There will be videos on Twitter tomorrow of them marching through the streets. I cannot wait for it. I love that shit. I am so excited for it. And I know they're playing against my team. But when the Cone fans came last year, the video of them marching down the street was one of my favorite things. I'm excited to see what Frankfurt can do to the atmosphere at the Emirates. And I, I hope that the fans who are there for uh, Arsenal aren't angry, self-loathing assholes who boo their own players. But you know what? That's what I come to expect. Well, I guess I was going to follow that up with, so there will actually be some atmosphere at the Emirates tomorrow is what you're right. saying. Yes, yes. Which is it, kind, of, it's kind of sad. It's been there. Like it, it was there in the the North London Derby, and it can be there. Um, but the the combination of it being a well supported German team and us currently being all sad about how things are going, even though we're top of our Europa League group, um, sad about how things are going. It's going to make for I'm I'm interested to see what it's going to look like tomorrow. So that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, as far as you know, Grant Wall's comment about Champions League the day before, I watched a good amount of Champions League today. I watched uh, in Spanish because I'm not paying to watch the stupid Bleacher Report broadcast. Uh, I watched Barcelona and uh, Dortmund. I watched Messi do his thing. And prior to that, uh, I think I, I texted this to Chris. Uh, I watched 79 minutes of Chelsea before I realized... I was cheering for Chelsea and I felt bad when I realized it, but it just kind of felt natural with Pulisic there. And I don't like, you know, Mourinho and Diego Costa and that racist John Terry are all gone. And uh, so I just was kind of happy. I'm like, Oh yeah, Chelsea, come on, let's go. And then I realized, wait, I hate this team. I just like Christian Pulisic. So is, is that, and he scored again. He and he did. Again. He did. What is it? Six Ooh. goals in the last six goals in nine games. Is that what they've said? Oh, it's even better than that, I think. But he's, it's he's or is it six and six, six, six and seven, maybe. I I can't remember for sure, but it, it's he, it's been an insane hot streak. And we we did talk yeah. about this before. We talked about this before we hit hit the record button. And I asked you then, and I, I'm going to ask you the same question again: Is what changed? You know what? I think it's just a matter of it always seemed like Frank was when he wasn't playing, Frank was being positive with him and, you know, saying you're going to get your chance. And Christian knew that when he did get his chance, he had to seize upon it. And he absolutely did. And that was one of, you know, as an American soccer fan, that was one of my more proud moments I've ever had was that hat trick game when he got his first start in a long time because he did it. He did it and and since then short of robert Lewandowski and leo messi is there a more informed player in the world right now than him there's a few up there and and Lewandowski's on another planet right now compared to everybody else but um with four goals again yesterday but uh he's he's absolutely tearing it up having he took his opportunity to use a very overused cliche and he ran with it and this is i just i'm so happy for it and that's why i was just 
cheering for Chelsea and I'm not necessarily cheering for the, the shirt or the badge because I still hate those or the fans that, you know, push minorities off of trains. I still hate those people too. The, the fans that do the pushing, not the minorities. The minorities are cool. But uh, the, the player, like the, the young guys, you know, Tammy Abraham and Christian Pulisic and, and Mason Mount, I can get behind these guys to some degree. I'm not going to go crazy with it, but I wish them well. As long as they're not directly interfering with Arsenal, I wish them well. And, and Pulisic just makes me proud. It makes me sad that he's probably not going to be the USMNT of the year and it's probably going to be Jossie's artist because that's the world we live in now but um and all this time I thought that was nothing but a gag is that they they think it's going to be Jossie's artist <laughs> no I seriously think it's going to be Jossie's artist if you're going to go that route it's going to be Jordan Morris I would say over Jossie's artist oh, but... probably true and Jordan Morris would be I think he I think he he would, I would say, he would have earned it at this point. Um, out of anybody at the men's national team, I, Jordan I Morris has been. That it's not your club form that we're worried about, really. But to compare anybody else to Pulisic, it just seems it, it seems ridiculous to me. But the only and the only players realistically you can put in in with Pulisic's level, and I think we talked about this a week or two ago, was I would say Weston McKinney. And Tyler Adams are the only one and that are just, and probably not even McKinney. I, I it maybe Tyler Adams when he's in form has that level of impact on a game at a high level. Yeah, it's, not like that. Not like he does. It, it's still it. But I mean, but there, there's a reason. There's a re, there is a reason why Christian Pulisic was sixty five. What sixty five was it? Million pounds? Sixty five million or fifty eight million pounds and sixty five million dollars. I think it was 72 or $3 million, but it may have been depending on what day it was. Um, but yeah, it, it, he's the way he watching him today, even the way he dribbles directly at defenders, draws them in and then finds the right, whether it's a cut or a pass or whatever to eliminate that defender. That's is that, excites that's me to no end. I love it so much. And the fact that he's an American and he's doing that, it's not Aryan Robin or somebody like that or or Angel Di Maria or somebody like that. It's Christian Pulisic from Hershey, Pennsylvania. He's a real, honest to goodness American, and he's doing that in at these levels. It's so fun for me. So, it is. It, so you, I mean, you can realistically, it's it's the next level that he needed to take yeah. when he left Dortmund that we wanted to see. It. Now we're seeing it, and you 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 keep referencing that hat trick game as where he took off. If I recall correctly, he had had was I want to say it was like a Carabao Cup game that he was played was very a, well in. Yeah, there was. And then, he, yes. but then he came on as a sub a couple of times. But every time he came on, he was an impact player. He was doing something. It was an assist, or it was he was at least playing well. He he, you know you, it he passed the eye test of of well yeah he was involved in the game right. And then the Premier League that that hat trick was his Premier League. It was his first Premier League start, do, but, but he had a pro, he had a couple of. The couple games prior, he had come off the bench and been dominant, or not dominant, but he had definitely played a part in once he came off the bench to get into play. So you kind of looked at him like, hey, and, you, and I think we even spoke about it. It was like, hey, if he comes in as a 65, 70-minute sub and has an impact, I can live with that for now. And then, and then he has that hat trick game. You're like, 
and it's on. And he has stepped on the gas since then. And because right. yeah, the dream for everybody was always that, for American fans at least, it wasn't that we could have lived with 65, 70-minute impact sub like he was sort of doing in Dortmund for a while. The The dream has always been that he's Eden Hazard, though. And it's not something that we... It's, he's definitely not that yet. And it's not something that, that we... Uh, should expect him to do. But I think in the back of a lot of people's minds, that's what we wanted. We wanted our first truly top 10 in the world, top five in the world, world-class player. And if this keeps up, and I don't know if he can do it, but if he, if he, if he continues this run of form and doesn't get hurt and can do this, we might be talking about that in another year or two. And that's, and I know that's, that's crazy. That's like too much to pin on him, but that's what we all secretly want in the back of our heads. Like as Americans, we want one guy to finally do that. Maybe we're going to get it. I don't so know. I, yeah, no, and I don't disagree with you at all. And I love your cheerleader mentality. It always makes me happier. Not going to lie about that. And it's amazing. I try to take the show in another direction, and yet we still come back to soccer. I, we are, are we really that pathetic? It's, it's, I mean, I think about like five things during the day, and it's just one of the five things. So, Do I dare ask what the other four we are? We can't or... talk about all of the other ones, no. <laughs> but like food, we talked about food. That's one of them. Yeah, yeah you're right. I, and I know where this is going with the rest of them. Nope, you're right. We'll, we'll, one, we'll... Of probably, one of them is my kids. So. Of course. Now that leaves two left, and I'm not. We're not going there. Don't want to know about there. I, I, if I had to wager, because this is what we're talking about, one of them we don't talk about because we don't, and the other one I just don't want to know about. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking now, but okay. No, and um. So, as we approach the holiday season, we're going to, I'm going to throw another question now. Out and to, by the way, people, I don't know what he's about to ask me. That, the, the last hour of this, I have really the whole thing. I have no clue what he's about to ask me. You know, and, it, and it's funny is I went out and I got myself a whiteboard. And I do feel like I can tell the story because it's my show and I really don't care. And I would write down a list of topics of things that I wanted to talk about. I didn't write anything down tonight because I kind of wanted to see where it went tonight. I knew we'd talk about the badge because the badge for both of us in our Twitter feeds and our Facebook, it's anything soccer related that Chicago soccer, that's still a big deal. So we knew we were going to cover that. The rest of this was just kind of, yeah, let's see where it goes. And I don't mind that there, there are nights. I don't mind that. I, I, one of the things in doing this show, Pat, I will tell you, I have learned is the conversations we have offline are usually better than the ones we've recorded. And I wanted to see if I could bring a little bit of that into tonight. Now we're getting way too much into the weeds of actually talking about podcasting versus anything else. So, um, so that was kind of why I didn't really come with us a, a set of topics tonight. Cause I just wanted to see where it would go and see what kind of crazy, stupid things we could, t- we could come up with. And yet we did what we always did and came back to soccer, which yeah, you're right. Of the few things in my life that are going on. Soccer is one, there's a, there is always that. So, <laughs> and yeah, the two things that I thought you were talking about. Yeah, we, I, I, yeah. Um, so 
again, now I'm going to take it back to booze because there, that's always a good conversation to be had is, is there a drink in the holiday season that, you know, eggnog, take it or leave it? I, I'm going to be honest. I don't think I've ever had eggnog. I can't say I know. I, I, I probably have. I don't recall. I don't remember being that impressive. So it can probably be one of those leave. What kind of, what, what is the drink of choice as you get into the holiday season? Is there anything aside from just beer that you you drink that you wouldn't normally nope. drink during the rest of the year? I'm a beer or nothing sort of person. I don't drink hard liquor unless it's like my one or two a year Bloody Marys. And I usually have those when I'm in Wisconsin. So, um, well, that's because you get breakfast. If you if get, you get Bloody thing. Mary at a yeah. restaurant in Wisconsin, you're getting breakfast with it. Yeah, it's a big deal. And I like it that way. So... Uh, yeah, I'm, I just, it, you know, I, I know people are into their wines or into their, you know, into scotch or I get that, but it's just not for me. All right. Well, that's, well, there's that. that's fair I enough. I can't eat or drink anything bad for me without feeling like absolute garbage and putting on like seven pounds the next day. I have to like be really, really careful about what I'm doing all the time. So like I had pizza tonight and felt bad. Like, I, I felt bad for, like, I'm like, crap, this is going to, like, this will be two weeks of not feeling well. And, like, it, I have to be, I have to be healthy. And if I have beer, that's why I don't drink at home, because, like, I just can't. I, I just don't do that. It's, um, it's, it's just yeah, a lot of caffeine. It's a lot of coffee and, and other forms of caffeine for me. All right. All right. So, well, well, we can, coffee. Uh, Starbucks or Dunkin', which would or Duncan. or Caribou. I like Starbucks, but I, Dunkin's my favorite. Do you get food, food drinks, or is it or is it coffee? Just coffee. Cream and sugar. Cream and sometimes I'll throw some Splenda in there. Otherwise, just cream. Why? Sometimes I want it to taste a little sweet, but I don't want to eat actual sugar. No, why would you even bother with cream and coffee? You just go straight black. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 and I know my older brother listens periodically, so I know he'll catch on to this. Is I drink black coffee because the first time I went out for coffee with him, I was in college, and I put cream in the, into my coffee and I put sugar, in, and he made fun of me to no yeah. end. Probably I for the next him. thirty minutes, he did nothing but laughed at me. So I drank black coffee from then, and that's what I've ever had ever since. Um, I like it. I like it. I, I like a good Justin Trudeau. I think it's pretty uh, wakes you up. It's uh... and th- and that's what I found when I was in college and I needed coffee no. before before kids. When I drink coffee, it was always the taste of it was what woke me up as much as the caffeine did. And now I'm used to it. Now it's just the caffeine part of it, or that does it. Um, and it's funny. I went to Starbucks. This is a couple of years ago. I remember walking in, and I, I kid are you we not. Still recording? We are still recording. All right. This All right. And this is this is to me this this is kind of the epitome of black coffee versus cream sugar and everything else. You, if you've if you ever been to Starbucks where they have those reserved coffees, they're like five bucks for a cup of coffee. You know, like not just three. It's like five for the rare Kona blend oh, like or the Colombian ball sweat or whatever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't get those. Well, and, and I do because it, to me, I, the way I've learned to equate it, it's kind of like the different scotches. Like you get the different levels of Johnny Walker, you get the higher ends that have been aged longer, so on and so forth. But I actually watched somebody walk in, 
spend five bucks for one of these reserve blends and then have cream and sugar put in it. See, that's yeah, you would not do that. So you, you that was that's ridiculous to me. That's kind of like the and, yeah. and that was and I I started laughing and the, and the guy, the barista there is like, you found that funny, too. I said, yeah, I said, that's kind of like going and getting a shot of Johnny Blue and saying I need it with a co- with with Sprite right. or something or right. top shelf tequila. And it's like you've completely beat the defeated the point of it so and anyway um so you're going to your you're going to your parents tomorrow after you're you said you're running tomorrow correct i am doing the 5k in the morning i hope my feet don't blow apart in 50 uh different spots um i I don't really run 5ks because my feet i have arch issues then this tends to exacerbate the problem so i can find my running to like on the grass at soccer practice and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, you, we're going to give it you, a go. Finn running with you tomorrow. Yeah. I'm well, no, he's going to run ahead of me and try to win his age group. And I'm okay. going to run far behind and not do that. So, okay. Um, and see, that's where I'm kind of, I want to say I'm still lucky where Charlie's still a little bit younger. He has yet to figure out the 5k. So his race, his race pace is still slow enough that I can keep up with him. And that's, where I don't blow myself up and I can still my out of shapeness, I can still hang with him. So I'll be doing the Dan Gibbons tur- turkey trot in Elmhurst, which is good shirts. They have good shirts at the Dan Gibbons. They have trot. they have outstanding shirts every year. Um, I, and I told you before, my family's been my in laws been doing this race forever. It's a great race. Um, you know, it helps food pantries in the area. They, I want to say, what is it, eight thousand run that race or something absurd? It's an obscene yeah. number. Of, it's an obscene number of people, and it, it's kind of the race has kind of got me down a little bit. I'll say is in the sense of the first few years I did it, I think they changed the course three or four different times, but they've had the same course for five years now. I'm kind of getting bored with it. I'm waiting for them to change it again. But um, for those that are in the that are in our area in the west suburbs, I if you aren't, don't have anything to do, go watch the Dan Gibbons Turkey Track because you'll see. Um, the York High School swimmers usually are the ones that win because the cross-country runners and the track people cannot run or they can't compete in it. So it's like the swimmers are the ones that are usually up front, and they, and they always run in their Speedos, which is hilarious to watch. Um, Elvis will be there. There'll be somebody running in a full turkey costume. Um, the they announce, the Hawks announcer, or anthem singers, been out there, done the anthem before. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's a great race. It's... You know, like I said, the 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 causes all these that these turkey trots. I don't know of any of them that don't do anything other than food pantry. Is that about right, from what you can tell? I, I think that's probably it. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I always like on these types of events the uh, the stuff that the people who live along the way will will set up, like a bloody mary stand or donuts, yes. something like that. That's yes. that's always fun. Those those are outstanding. Yes, um, I am then, not there to compete tomorrow, and I'm a competitive guy normally, but I am not there to compete tomorrow. I'm there to take it in and have fun. As am I. I if you if you get to the Dan Gibbons Turkey Trot, you you'll find me somewhere in the middle, towards the back of the back of the field, and I'll be having fun running with Charlie. And it it it'll be a, it'll be a great race. So by the time anybody's listening to us, hopefully you're listening to us while you're running your 5K. Oh, can you doing that. imagine? We're gonna contribute to a failure of a time if you listen to this while you're running well but if and the other thing it'll do is if you're on your way to your family event and you're looking for an excuse to drink listen to this podcast you'll definitely want to drink when you get there so probably 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 that so other than i my final thought for this week or what's your final thought we'll go to you first pat and then we'll oh uh 
I'll tell a quick funny story. Uh, I coach uh, kids in soccer, and a couple of the the groups I coach are really young, like four year olds. I, I coach a couple of beginner classes, and as you know from watching the show, uh, I am hat guy, and I when I coach, I ninety nine percent of the time will throw a hat on, but I didn't because I I kind of it was a combination of I. I I forgot and then I didn't care to go back for it because I kind of felt like I was getting to the point where I'm like the edge or Kenny Chesney or somebody like that, where, you know, they're bald. What are they hiding? But they're still always wearing a hat. So I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be bald and and out in the open with it. And, uh, men in blazers would be proud of you. I know they would be. And the first thing, the first kid shows up and the first thing he says is, where's your hat? And that, is is and that's a four year old. The four year old will be the first one to tell you that, mm-hmm. and let what you. And I your hair. I got a few of those. I'm like, it's gone. It's all gone. It's gonna happen to you too, son. I would have just said I had it all, and my kids made it fall out. Blame yeah. Rowan. Yeah. <laughs> blame the blame the kids. So that's awesome. I I'm sorry to me that as a parent, the dad in me thinks that's awesome, and I can completely picture that out of my four-year-old yeah, yeah absolutely it, it absolutely is and that's it's part of why you do it i think though isn't it to wear hats well that too i was gonna say why you coach the kids for that those types of moments the funny oh that's why i like coaching little kids yeah it's it's you know for for me it's about making them have fun and like soccer and teach them a few things along the way and then have them realize say, you don't wear a hat say, do funny things yeah and I guess my final thought for this week, I have two final thoughts. The one is happy Thanksgiving for those and for everybody listening. And thanks for listening to everybody. We are at, I'm at minivan dad pod or at TJ Zaremba. He can be found at Patrick J. McCraney. J. It's not in there. No, I'm not a J. You're not a J. All right. Well, screw it. I got your, I got your Twitter feed wrong. Look for Chris. Go look for him on, on, um, what is it? Uh, What's it? What does he love? What does he's he got? About seven or eight different ones. Uh, at US Fan TV is usually Chris responding. We've got at Christy Combs at Fine Tooth Combs. Look for him on Look for him on Snapchat. He is a huge Snapchat guy. He's got you know the real Facebook accounts, the fake Facebook accounts, the Russian Facebook accounts. It's he's got all of them. Why he's not even here? Why are we promoting his stuff? Well, because he's he's out doing. The work, the will of the people. He is searching for VA, the answers to VAR. That is an important conspiracy to be solved. And the fact that he had to give up being here tonight to research VAR, I think it's 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 doing the Lord's work. So I think we do need to promote him. And look for him on Snapchat. He is on Snapchat somewhere. Find him. He snaps all the time. He just likes to say he doesn't. And on that note, happy Thanksgiving, and you're done.